0: Assalamu alaikum alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Insha'Allah. Everyone, welcome back to Qur'an 30 for 30. Bismillah alhamdulillah wa salatu wa ala rasulillah wa ala, 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 ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Alhamdulillah wa I mean, Before we get started, just to remind everyone insha'Allah ta'ala to please make use of the various resources that are there at the link. If you go to Yaqeen Institute's main website, you'll find the e-books to download insha'Allah ta'ala for Qur'an 30 for 30 to give you... Uh, Season one was just the chapter structures. Season two, the ebook for season two is the sira structure. So just to understand the historical context and background uh, with what is happening, and of course here we are in season three, reflecting with a focus on the hereafter, a focus on the akhirah. However, uh, of course, various gems being dropped by by the the different guests that have joined us alhamdulillah. and also a reminder, inshallah, ta'ala, to please donate to Yaqeen Institute amongst the various causes that you will be donating to in the night. Uh, tonight we have our beloved, beloved, beloved Dr. Hassan Rwan. Allah a'laikum Hassan. How are you?
1: Alhamdulillah, Shaykh. Allah alhamdulillah, beautiful, beautiful Ramadan and a beautiful company today. So
0: alhamdulillah. Allah a'laikum salam, Sheikh Hassan. Uh, I, I've uh, subhanallah, not only do I really enjoy your company, uh, but I, I benefit from your insights tremendously. And last year in the Ramadan Webathon, you talked about how. You enjoy playing with your daughter's toys, uh, with your daughter and playing with her. And subhanallah, because you love her, you start to love what she loves, right? In that idea. So I wanted to introduce a, a friend. Right? This is this is Dub.
1: Oh. Sorry.
0: <laughs> this is this is Khadija's Dub. So uh, my two-year-old. We. You, you're right. So you're so right. Subhanallah, we end up falling in love with our 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 kids, and of course, in the process of that. You end up enjoying them and that's that's a good analogy for loving what Allah loves of course and the love of Allah is different from all other love so soak khair for that so what's the what's your favorite thing to do with your 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 kids uh and now they're
1: like, grown, grown up so my son now's eighteen and guess what she bought, what he wants skydiving sheikh um oh. I'm um, yeah. that now <laughs> what we do for our kids you know what love does <laughs>
0: So do you love skydiving? That's the plan we see. That's the plan <laughs> is to find a way to love it, right? Yeah. Sheikh Abdullah, what about you, man? What do you, what do you love that your kids, your kids love? What have they made you love?
2: What have they made me love? Uh, my daughter loves baking and acting. So unfortunately, I have to eat the cookies that she makes a lot of times. You know, I got to eat it before I work out. So she loves baking. She, she records herself baking, but doesn't share with the world. I don't know why, but that's her thing. right so
0: that's why you work out so much yes yes your daughter's cookies exactly you know the things you learn man you've never shared this before (laughs) (laughs) i thought i knew you this whole time i thought it was something else but it was really just you wanted to be able to digest your daughter's cookies
2: well it's a way to establish a relationship i got to keep it maintain the relationship so
0: Yeah, Sheikh, you could just use the treadmill. You don't have to use all the other stuff you to, <laughs> <laughs> to burn off the, the cookies. I'm going to run out of of workout jokes at some point in the season. <laughs> so, but, but I'll keep them going when they come up. You Alhamdulillah. Know? <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> we, love, we love having you as always. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> man. Tell you, Bismillah, Ta'ala, let's get started. Alhamdulillah So we're actually in juz four now. And there is a really beautiful ayah that I want to get to, inshallah ta'ala. But before that, just to connect to the theme, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about this concept of investing in the Akhirah and people that have sold their hereafter for worldly gain. And Surah Ali Amran is of course just it's such a beautiful surah, I mean, it covers so much in terms of the incidents of the sirah. It is a comforting surah. It is a call to those that have believed in the prior books to believe in this revelation. So it's a call to the people of the book. It is giving comfort to the community when they make mistakes, giving comfort to the community when they now have to deal with the reality of many martyrs, many people having been martyred. It's a lot. And... At the same time, of course, Allah Jalla addresses the lens that you might have. And so it's less severe and punitive. However, uh, still Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions those people that uh, have sold off the you know the rewards of the hereafter, these amazing rewards that Allah is talking about. You know, you know, Allah talks about the martyrs in this verse. Don't think that they're dead, they're alive, they're being provided. Uh, for by their Lord, farihina bima Right? They're just enjoying themselves. They're rejoicing in what Allah has provided to them. Uh, you know this idea of what meaningful connection to Allah looks like. min uh, nisai You know this idea of of people who have um, fallen into amusements, right? Fallen into the decorations. Of this life and become so distracted by that beautiful things that we were just talking about subhanallah, but at the same time They become attached to them and so they forget their purpose and again their belief in the hereafter weakens, and so Their attachment to this world strengthens and as a pro in, in the process they start to skew the religion uh, To fit their worldly pursuits rather than directing their longing in their pursuits of the hereafter now Allah tells these believers, though, that you know, as you're looking towards the other side, uh, don't think that you know you're missing out on anything. So, verse one seventy-seven, in those who have purchased disbelief with belief. You know, we've we've covered alhayat bilakhirah. Uh, right, people that purchased um, misguidance using guidance, people that purchased the life of this world with the life of the hereafter people that purchased Allah's punishment with his forgiveness And here, people that purchased disbelief with belief they gave away their faith for the, for, for disbelief, and Allah says first of all they're not hurting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they're not taking away from the religion, they're not hurting the mission of God, they're not Hurting the purpose of, of faith. At the end of the, the day, they're only hurting themselves. They're only missing out on themselves. You know, don't think that this emphatic plea to them to believe is because Allah needs them. But rather, it's from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He calls out to them, that He gives them guidance. And this is, of course, true with the previous revelations as well. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Subhanallah, So as Allah is talking about the amazing rewards. In the hereafter for those believers Allah says for these people Allah wants that they have no health they have nothing for them in the hereafter right so they're going after these things in in, in this life and they are compromising their faith compromising their principles um, you know being uh, amongst the deceitful uh, harming the Prophet wasallam, harming the community so rejecting faith rejecting this community of faith and at the end of the day they're really only hurting themselves uh, and Allah Azawajal mentions in verse one eighty, sayyuto waquna al And this is something we actually spoke about: the the land and the property, and all that that they uh, pursued, that took them away from the hereafter, being a burden for them on the day of judgment. In verse one, so that's one seventy seven, one eighty. In verse one eighty seven, Allah says uh, that, that Allah mentions the book, uh, the kitab. Remember. This is the book in which there is no doubt. Right? So Allah talks about the book and focusing on the book. So for the believers, and they have no doubt in the book, they have no doubt in the day. Here Allah says about these people that you know, they they sold the book, they even used the book. You know, a guide, a manual to goodness in the hereafter and in this life by extension. And in the process, يسترون, you know, what did they use the book for? They used it to instead uh, look for the pursuit of this life. Now, let's move on to the believers. And this is what I want to get down to. Just a note, subhanAllah, 194, the last part of the beautiful ayat uh, of dua that comes at the end of Ali Imran. ربنا Oh our Lord and give us what You promised us through Your messengers and do not disgrace us on the day of judgment. You do not betray Your promise. You do not break Your promise. Subhanallah. Uh, this is uh, this is such a powerful way that you end the du'a because this is ادعوا الله وأنتم bil بالاجابة that you call upon your Lord while you are certain in the response, while you are certain in the response. But here it is. Look at the first dua um, that we covered uh, yesterday, you know, in Surah Ali Amran, which is, you know, inna kajami la that, oh Allah, you are going to gather the people on a date in which there is no doubt, inna la uh, Here you have the counterpart to that. Oh Allah, give us what you promised us. Give us what you promised us through your messengers. And do not disgrace us on the day of judgment. Now, here's the part that I want to end with, inshallah, ta'ala, because it's so powerful. If you come to the very end of this surah, the last two verses, Allah says, Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, verily, from the people of the book, uh, that there are from the people of the book those who truly believe in Allah. They believe in what was revealed to you and they believe in what was revealed to them. Meaning the previous books. They re- they believe in the Torah. They believe in the Injid, They believe in that which was revealed to Moses, peace be upon him. They believe in that which was revealed to Jesus, peace be upon him. And the Prophet وسلم, of course said uh, that, uh, that a person who believed in Isa ibn Maryam, in Jesus, peace be upon him, ثم آمن بي, and then believed in me then he has two rewards. He has the reward of having believed in Jesus, peace be upon him, and then having believed in Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So this is a call to them, right? This is in the beginning of Surah Al-Baqarah. Those that believe in that which was revealed to you and that which was revealed to those that came before you. So it's a call to them. But look at the characteristics here because we're getting different, you know, uh, suwar, different scenes of the people of the book here. Here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, these righteous people from the people of the book, they are humble before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They would never, they would never trade Allah's revelation for some fleeting temporary gain in this world. They would never trade off the the, the precious gift of guidance and revelation for something of this world. Their reward is with their Lord. Surely Allah is swift in reckoning. Who is this speaking about? And I'm sorry, I know I went over time, subhanAllah. Who is this speaking about? an رحمه الله تعالى wa anhu. najashi And why do the scholars say this is so significant? An Najashi refused to sell his faith over and over and over again for anything, right? He refused to compromise on his faith. And he had every reason to sell off his faith, right? He had every reason. He had the most to lose. And the scholars say, you know, just look at it. Uh, look at the, the opposite here. He showed his principle by not giving up the religion for his kingdom. And in Medina, you have Abdullah ibn Ubay bin Salul, who was about to be the king in Medina, in Yathrib. And he opposes the Prophet ﷺ for nine years, right? Why? Because of that connection to a throne that he never even sat on and najashi sitting on the throne and a much mightier kingdom than yathrib or mecca by the way at that time you're talking about abyssinia right najashi is sitting on the throne and he refuses to sell his faith right he refuses to deny the faith that he had in isa and he was already a man of principle he was already a good christian which is why it was natural for him to become a good muslim now too he already was a good follower of jesus peace be upon him so now a blessed follower of Muhammad Wasallam. So he refused to give up the faith for the kingdom. He refused to give up for wealth, which is the opposite of Abu Lahab and Al-Walid, as the scholars say in, in Mecca, right? They offered him everything, right? Amr ibn Asr comes and tries to sweeten the deal for him. He refuses to give up for wealth. And at the same time, he refuses to give up for tribe. The opposite of Abu Jahl. Abu Jahl refuses to believe in Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Why? Because of tribalism. And I say says, subhanAllah, Najashi has more to lose. Here you have not just two people from two different tribes in the same you know, kingdom. You have an Abyssinian and an Arab, right? He has to you know, give it up for an Arab, right? You know, And not give it up, of course, Allah will solidify him. But he doesn't let the Abyssinian Asabiyah get in the way. But here you have Abu Jahl, and Abu Jahl of course is letting his own cousin, right, but it's a different tribe, that get in the way. And of course, when it comes to alliances, he was like the Ansar who said that we will sacrifice every alliance for belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and al-Jannah. So An najashi and I apologize, I went over time, and najashi radiallahu ta'ala anhu represents the most beautiful, of the opposite of the hypocrites, the opposite of the people of Mecca that we're opposing, the opposite of the people of the book that we're continuing to oppose, and the opposite of the hypocrites that refuse to let the beauty of belief enter into their hearts. And with that, inshallah ta'ala, we'll hand it over to Dr. Hassan.
1: In the name of Allah, and the peace and the peace and the peace and the it's a pleasure to hear you, Shaykh and I wish like you can even take all my time. Alhamdulillah, like uh, today I want to share with you like uh, one of the sections of the Qur'an that for me touched my heart so much. If you ask me, uh, tell me about something that I can really feel the, the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the mercy, the compassion, the care of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is this section in the Qur'an that touches my heart the most. Sometimes we really feel the love of someone, not when we do good, but when we slip, when we do bad. If I have a relationship with any human being and uh, I say that person really loves me, but I know my father loves me, not because when I'm doing wood, uh, good, ha- what he gives me on the contrary. It's how he treats me when I slip, when I make something wrong. And I would call this when the righteous slipped. Sometimes righteous people, good people would make a small mistake. But then what they find of the Rahmah and the compassion and the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would melt their heart. And I, I would like to share with you like this concept that happened in, in the battle of Uhud, the story of the archers, good people, righteous people, companions that the Prophet gave them an order and they slipped. They made mistakes and things happen. And sometimes I make a mistake and the consequences is on me. But the worst type of mistake is when I slip and somebody else suffers. So can you imagine if you are in the position of those people, someone that the Prophet gave an order and you love him so much and yet because of something you disobeyed, because of something you slipped. But what was the consequences? The Prophet got hurt. The battle was lost. The city of Medina is exposed and some people died. How would I feel about myself? The way Allah spoke, the way Allah spoke to those people is amazing, and uh, the verses of the Quran from about 121 all the way till 175 is handling that. And please try to read it from the perspective of the archer. If I was the archer, and now I'm, I, I did this slip, and how will Allah speak about me? And you read those verses, and you see amazing things. See. Ibn al-Qayyim said a statement, before I go to the the verse I want to share with you. He says, when Adam slipped, when Adam did this slip and sank in the sea of disobedience or the sea of ma'asiyah or the sea of slip, Iblis rejoiced, but he didn't realize that a skilled diver, when he goes to the bottom of the sea, he only goes there to come up with pearls. And subhanallah, wallahi very true. And I want to share with you now a verse uh, that was revealed in that occasion. Revealed regarding the battle of Uhud. Regarding the people that maybe slipped or maybe they did not perform as well. How Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they're great people. Wallahi, great. And look what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. And this is the verse of verse number 133. The way it starts, hurry up. All of you, hurry up, don't wait. It's an invitation. You know, المغفرة, the one that owns forgiveness is asking people to come. Come, hurry up, don't, don't wait. Hurry up because you slipped, because there is something wrong. You need me the most. Don't wait, hurry up. I want to give you forgiveness. I want to forgive. And here the word maghfira, you know, when we say maghfar, like the helmet, it does two things. It, it, it covers and it protects. Al-Maghfirah, when Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala says that he's al ghafur When I do something wrong, when I sleep, mistakes have consequences. They can hurt me, they can hurt others. And Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala is saying what? Come, I want to protect you from the consequences of this sin. Come, I want to conceal it. I'll take care of it. And Wallahi, like, Shaykh Omar reminded, reminded me of my daughter, and you know, how we learn from our kids. I learned that from Wallahi, from them when they were little. We love our kids. And sometimes they smell good, they look good, and you want to hug them. But you know what? One time, I still remember it, one of my kids, you know, they were wearing diapers at the time. And, you know, sometimes they keep going and, you know, they don't tell you. And eventually the diaper leaked. Parents would understand what that means. And I noticed they felt ashamed, you know, because, oh, subhanallah, look what I did. I have a leaky diaper. I don't smell good. I don't look good. I'm so ashamed of me. So they started to do what? go behind the chair go away from me what do you think a mother or father would do because you have a, because you have a leaky diaper because it come hurry i want to clean it come you need me more when you slip. you need me more when wrong things happen it's me your, your dad your mom that is willing to take care of it and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying the same thing whenever Whenever we slip, brothers and sisters, it is the time that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to give, give His name, it gives us the experience of what it means to forgive, cover, protect, help us out. But not only that. Not only I want to forgive you, not only I still want to take care of you. No, no, no. I even want to give you. And look what Allah wants to give. Jannah. I want to give you something bigger than the heavens and the earth. And subhanAllah, two quick reflections. You look to the heavens and the earth, the creation of Allah, it's vast. Why, Ya Rabbi, is it that vast? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Allahu It's Allah that created all this, all the what's on earth and in the heavens. Why, Ya Rabbi, all this it has one purpose? For you to know, to know what you mean for me. You know, one type of flower is not good enough, two is not good enough. One type of food is not good. Why all this? Because you're so important for me. If you really want to feel this, try this experiential exercise. Uh, do it one time, you know, uh, one time just get a, a lot of money, 300, 400, whatever Allah can give you. For Imagine $400 and you go to the shop and buy flowers for $400 and you go to the house and put them everywhere. And imagine your mom, your spouse enters and oh, what's this? What's all this? And, and you say it's all for you. Why did you get all this? You say to make you see how much I love you. One flower is not good enough, two is not good enough. Three, all this, all the all of them, so that you would know what you mean for me. Allah created the heavens and earth and everything in it, one purpose is for us to know, know him and know how much he cares about us. And then here, Allah says, What yet what I want to give you is bigger than all this. Ibn عطاء الله السكندري says, إنما جعل الدار الأخيرة محلا لجزاء عبادي لأن Dar, La لا تسع ما أراد أن يعطيهم ولأنه أجل أقدارهم على أن يرزقهم في دار لا بقاء لها. He made the hereafter. Notice what Allah is saying. Hurry, hurry, come. I want to give you something. I want to give you more than the life of this world. He made the life of, of the hereafter, the place where he wants to give us. You know why? Because this heavens and earth with all what's in it is not big enough to take what he wants to give us. There is not enough colors. There's not enough space. There is not uh, enough feelings. Jannah. What I want to give you cannot fit in this life. So Allah is saying what? Hurry. Hurry. This life of this world, it's beautiful. It's all for you to know me and to know that I prepared something for you. Don't miss on that. And don't think that a slip or a mistake would cut you away from me, and I finish with this verse from the Quran: الله يجد. يجد الله Whoever slips, makes a mistake, transgresses against himself, and then he goes for Allah for forgiveness. al he will find. He will find Allah, the Most Forgiving, the Most Merciful. Our mistakes is the place. Where we experience the love and the compassion and the forgiveness and the rahmah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah always gives. When we do good, He gives. When we do bad, He gives. Wallahu dufadl ala al-mu'minin. We can never lose with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Jazakum Allah khair.
0: Subhanallah. <laughs> Shakharsan, Allah khair. It's amazing. As you're reading through uh, the verses you know uh, those who when they commit these sins when they commit something that is shameless or shameful or they wrong themselves they remember Allah and they seek forgiveness from Allah and who would forgive them except the most ta'ala? you know if it was if it was anyone else right you know who would forgive such a slip such a consequential slip lakin like subhanallah fa uh, this is also in Surah ali Imran, and it's from a mercy of allah that you were uh gentle towards them to the prophet so even the rahmah of the prophet وسلم, is the rahmah of allah allah sent him as a rahmah to the world think about how the prophet وسلم, could have dealt with that situation of uhd i never want to see you again you know these 40 archers disappear for 40 days for four months eight months it's unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. And you know what's amazing? And I'm sorry, Sheikh Abdullah, I'm not meeting in you your time house. <laughs> we're gonna go a little bit longer today. It's okay. But you know what's amazing, SubhanAllah? And Sheikh Abdullah, I want you to comment on Sheikh Hassan's part, and then you can do your part as well, inshallah. Because I know I know it I know it peaked a lot for you too. But what's amazing is like we don't even know who the 40 archers were. It's not common in our Sira books. Like a lot even covered, concealed their names. They pro- they went on to become amazing companions of the Prophet Sallallahu but like they were they were spared, right, of, of the humiliation that would come by by being uh, from those people. We, we know very few, ha- a handful of names here or there. And Allah says, سَارِعُ rush." And what was the, the, the slip? The slip was they rushed, they rushed to the battlefield thinking they'd miss out on the spoils of war. And here Allah responds to the slip, rush to Jannah. Similar to Adam a. Islam, استعجل. He was hasty. <laughs> he was hasty. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made him directed towards the Jannah and stuff. Shaykh Abdullah, I know you're feeling you're feeling it, so I'm going to hand it over to you. JazakAllah khair, Shaykh Hassan. Fadha Shaykh Abdullah, <laughs> all your time.
2: Alhamdulillah. Bismillah wa salatu wa salamu wa ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala amma You know, it's so beautiful to hear about the stories of, of war, you know, what happens in Islamic history and in history in general because, you know, I, I don't know if you know Shikram, I teach these young guys, like, like every month I teach these young teenagers on masculinity and manhood, but I incorporate the Quran and the Sunnah. And then we do some workouts obviously as well with it because the statement that I use with them and I use with my family as well, you learn your reality through physicality. Like when you are physical or something happens to you physically, that is something that you can see in front of you. When you, if you're a type of coach, a basketball coach, or any type of coach that requires some physical movement and resistance, You see the best come out of them, or the quote unquote worst or challenging characteristics that when you're there as the mother or father or coach, you're there to modify, to help them, to remind them. You know, the Prophet said, and the person asked him over and over three times, he said, You know, in these times, you know, that the harsh one is not the one that can wrestle and has the physical might, but it's the one that has the control. It takes a level of, it takes more effort to submit than to be rebellious to submit to that which is better for you. And SubhanAllah, with the battle of Uhud, you see that SubhanAllah, yes, there were those that made a mistake, but they were Sahabatullah They made a mistake, but Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is telling us and reminding us of the adab al Sharia, the adab, the manners with Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala that's shown through the ones that are fighting for you, the ones that are risking their lives for us, that risk their lives for us to be here to talk today. رَضِيَ اللَّهُ And you know, subhanAllah, when, when hearing these beautiful verses of the Qur'an and, and, and it, you know, it's sometimes Allah decides to paint a picture for you and sometimes He wants to be general. This generality or being specific is all to increase and to fortify your belief in Allah. And it's amazing the way Allah chooses this and chooses that. How He chooses to be descriptive here and chooses to be general here. What I want to talk about, and subhanAllah, I, I love the statement that Dr. mentioned about uh, Ibn Qayyim. And I just love the whole concept because all of us are sinners. And a lot of times you find with those that convert to Islam, they don't want to be in certain environments because they don't want to be judged. Or the youth, they don't want to be judged. They don't want to be judged by people. But realizing the reality of sin is something that is inevitable within every single human being. And that's important because even the word Anas comes from that person, Aladdinasiyah. He's forgetful, maybe neglectful at times, but the name of Allah is in Ghafoor, which is beautiful. I don't want to take too much time here, but I want to use a segue of, you know, the verse in uh, the chapter of Al-Imran, verse number 185. And Tahib ibn Ashur, he mentions that this is a veil, or this is the end, or the last form of advice, reminder and advice for all of us regarding the stories in the uh, the, the verses earlier in the uh, referring to the Battle of Uhud. Uh- 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 and we see in the verses uh, 165 and around these verses, 151, 165, around these verses, which speak about the battle of Uhud in different situations. There were two different statements that were mentioned. Some of them were by the munafiqeen, لك, when, Allah when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about what they were saying, uh, in a long verse where Allah says that they were hiding in themselves what they were not making apparent to you. And then there were the statements of the mu'mineen, as for those who stayed behind and said that to their, about their brothers if only they had listened to us they would not have been killed but then Allah says something here Allah tells the Prophet to say to them and to all of us to remind us of the power of Allah and never to rely on the tangible what we see in front of us if this would happen that opens a door to shaitan don't say if this, then this would have happened. And all of us have and may will fall into that. Allah concludes and says, tell them, ward off death from yourselves if you are of the truthful. If you are the truthful. But what's so profound here that we have to remember as Muslims is what are the deeds that we are doing in this life to serve as an investment in the next life? Because this life, if you think about it, we sleep a third of our life, eight hours out of 24. We sleep a third of it. And the time that we're awake of this time, what are we doing to invest for an eternal an eternal life? You know, the individuals that have died now from the from the Sahaba, our relatives, etc., they are in the waiting period called al-barzakh. InshaAllah, Sheikh Umar will speak about that in the Day of Judgment series as an intro. Then we have after that where we will go, inshaAllah, it'll be jannah. That is everlasting. That is everlasting. So what are we doing to invest in this life? And that is from the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from His wisdom. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says here, in regards to those that have died in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in regards to the rewards for those that may have made a mistake and the ones that are fighting in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect Islam and to protect the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in verse number 185, and it's four parts, and I will briefly go over them. He says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, that every soul shall taste death. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses that numerous times regarding death, that it is something that everyone will taste. It's something you will taste and it may be in different ways. It's how Allah chooses for us to taste death, to encounter this للجسد, that when, as Ibn Qayyim mentions that it is a separation of the soul from the body. Everyone will have a different encounter. And what's so amazing is that we don't know how, we don't know when, and we don't know why. We ultimately don't know why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose to take us at that time, but we know that it will happen. That's the first part. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And verily, you will receive your rewards on the day of resurrection. You will only be given your compensation, meaning that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you your due right. On the day that you will stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of you will be gathered. And as we know, SubhanAllah, on this day of judgment that Sheikh Omar will speak about, there are numerous events that will take place. One of them, and they're so profound. And what's so beautiful is that it's not for us to use our own intellect and determine, is this right? Does this sound correct or not? It is something that is beyond our capabilities. And we can't even fathom it. And we can only believe in it only by what the Prophet sallam, has told us. And Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, the Prophet sallam, mentions, for example, the sirat. It is a bridge that is that will lead to either the hellfire or heaven. And this bridge, the Prophet ﷺ said, is so sharp, it is sharper and it is thinner than a hair. And there will be hooks that will be hanging off of it, sharp hooks. And people will pass over this bridge based on their deeds. Some of them will move fast as the wind. Some will be yamshimashian. They will be walking. So there are different levels and different people based on their deeds. May Allah ﷻ make us of the inhabitants of jannah that pass over the sirat that this path is bridge easily inshallah with salama, with ease and with safety inshallah so that's the second part allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that you will be rewarded on your compensation phone ujurakum yawm al-qiyamah on that day of qiyamah which confirms that there is a day of resurrection there is a day where we are standing in front of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions here the important for us to remember his virtues upon us those that were in Uhud, some of them, they were saying if they would have stayed back, they wouldn't have been killed. Some of them were from the Munafiqeen, from the hypocrites. And some of them were from the believers. Allah says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and whoever was saved from the hellfire, uh, saved from the hellfire, and they were entered into Jannah, then they would be of the successful. It's important to mention here that Allah uses the passive verb. That they were saved. Who saved them? Allah. And who entered them into Jannah? Allah. So it is never up to us. It is never up to us. It is always up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is never even our actions that enter us into Jannah, as the Prophet said. It is the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And on this beautiful day, subhanAllah, when speaking about the 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 bridge, you know the Prophet he starts off with a hadith saying that I will lead you all. In this, this just in the bridge. And after that, he says that the anbiya, they will say salim, 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 salim. Oh Allah, and these are the prophets. They will say, oh Allah, save me, save me. So Allah uses zuhziha, whoever is saved. And zuhziha, bisra, it is like taking away quickly. And some say it was close to the hellfire, but Allah took them away. And it is only up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the true success. In conclusion, the true success for the believer is when they go to Jannah, is doing the actions of Jannah. Every action that we do should be an action of the afterlife, not of this life. When we do an action with the intention only of this life, it is not a lofty intention nor action. I'm talking about good deeds. It could be a lofty action if I take care of my children because I want to live the legacy of my father, but I want to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who created my father. That's why Allah concludes by saying, that this life is not, this life is the world except of an enjoyment. This life is only a place of enjoyment and delusion. To realize the tangible things that we see here, touch and feel, this is only temporary and it is only here for a test to test you to see, are you going to use everything in this world as an ayah, look at it as a sign of Allah that will test you to make you a better person, therefore do the actions of good, or are you going to be deluded by those things that can cause you to do the actions of evil? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those that realize the reality of his greatness and allow that reality to bring us closer to him. By the good actions that he loves and that the Prophet loves. <laughs>
0: Absolutely beautiful. MashaAllah. I wish uh, you both could talk for for longer, subhanallah. Uh, but a lot to reflect on. And obviously, you know, to the viewers, you know, what thirty for thirty gives you. Uh everyone comes every night, you know, at least Sheikh Abdullah and I are seeing a different guest with a different approach, and it's like you're approaching the Quran in a certain way and it, it gives you something. As you're reading, but at the end of the day, you have to derive your own reflections too. So, as you're taking notes, mashallah, we see people sending in the pictures taking notes. Make sure you take your own notes and, and journal as you're going through and reflect on it, because all of these things speak to uh, great realities. And, I, SubhanAllah, Shaykh Abdullah, what you mentioned, by the way, I, I don't know about both of you, but like I go to that conversation between the Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Abu Bakr, and Umar, عنهما, and the other side in Uhud at the end of Uhud multiple times. like I feel like you could keep going to that incident over and over again, where they have been defeated, right? And, you know, Abu Sufyan, who of course would become Muslim later on, but at that point, you know, Abu Sufyan and Khalid and Ikrama, they're, they're, they have dunya vision. You know, they're only, they're, they're, you know, relegated to that, just the tunnel vision of this world. And this is victory for them. This is victory, like we won. You know, this is our this is our jannah moment, right? This is the best it's going to get on earth. Victory, right? Feeling we got the victory, and the the sakina, the tranquility of the Prophet and the companions to call back out and say, first of all, Allahumma wa maalakum, like Allah is our protector, you have no protector, and our dead are in paradise, and your dead are on the fire. Hmm. <laughs> like we've succeeded, we're okay, we're okay. If that's your victory, enjoy the, you know, the the chest. Thumping and the the holding up your flag in this way, but like we weren't looking for that. That wasn't our, we could have got that in other ways if that was our jannah, if that was our pursuit. Subhanallah. So that's really a powerful moment, uh, in the in the seerah that I go to multiple times. Khayran. Any, any, uh, 10 second, 15 second word of advice, Sheikh Hassan, just to send us off.
1: Do not lose heart, don't feel sad. Allah's comforting us. You'll always be superior if you say la ilaha illallah. If you say la ilaha illallah. i I'll finish with one story in five seconds. The man came to his sheikh. A thief came yesterday and stole everything in my house. And he said, say alhamdulillah. And he said, alhamdulillah, but for what? He said, alhamdulillah, it was a thief that stole your house. And it wasn't shaitan that stole your iman." Allahu As long as <laughs> we say, la <laughs> ilaha <laughs> illallah, Muhammad, Rasulullah. Alhamdulillah. Beautiful. No,
0: اكتفقت, الله. الله الله خير, everyone. We'll see you all, inshallah, tomorrow. Salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.